It's Friday, December 10th. This is an extra special bonus edition of the podcast, which is called The Truth Shall Make You Odd. I don't think I've ever said the name of the podcast during the podcast. I'm very, very bad at marketing myself and my projects. If I was smart, I'd have a snazzy little opening, maybe with a little song. The truth, the truth, the truth. That would be the beginning, and then we'd go from there. I'd have really cool art, and I'd have splashes, and it would be all over social media, and I'd be sending out press releases to various outlets. But it's a one-man operation. It's a free podcast. means I don't bring any money in, so I can do it the way I do it and basically not promote it. Or I could put some money into it, and then lose that money because I don't charge for it. So you can see it's really not much of a choice. But having said that, the reason you're getting a bonus edition today is because I sent out a Screeching Weasel newsletter at five this morning and got an unprecedented number of signups for the podcast, which I mentioned in the newsletter. Now, I've mentioned it before and gotten a few here or there, but this was like a tsunami compared to what I've gotten in the past, which doesn't really mean that much, but it surprised me anyway. So new people, you get a taste of what's going on here. If you like it, stick around. If you don't, don't. I know every time I do one of these podcasts, I don't think there's ever been more than one, but every single time I'll get one unsubscribe without fail. I always think, you know, it doesn't cost you anything. So if you're going out of your way to unsubscribe, you either are like, you hate it so much you don't even want to see an email, right, telling you about it. Because you don't have to read the email. You don't have to listen to the thing. You could divert it to your spam box if you wanted to. But that unsubscribe, I like to think of somebody imagining that they're sending me a message. No, thank you, sir right? And there are a lot of people like that, especially in the music world. A lot of people have this attitude that the customer is always right. And that's probably fine at Walmart, but you're, you're barking up the wrong tree trying to, uh, trying to take that attitude with me. You don't like the cut of my jib? That's fair enough. Just you go your way, I'll go mine. But I get the sense sometimes that people think if they complain about me loudly enough, I'll change my ways. I'm too old. I'm too set in my ways. I'm not going to change. Love me as I am or don't love me at all. So a couple quick notes. One been getting a lot of ads on Facebook. Now I'm, I'm, I have a Facebook account, but it's only to keep in touch with relatives. I don't have any friends on there. I think I have one actually, Owen Murphy. That's it. So don't send me a friend request because I don't want to be your Facebook friend, but I get all these ads on there for, from coffee companies, like smaller boutique startups. I don't know what the hell they are. And I've noticed that they all go to great lengths to tell you that their coffee is not bitter. 
Now, I'm a little bit of a coffee snob, maybe a lot of a coffee snob, but I don't hold with a lot of the conventional wisdom in coffee snob land. Uh, the pour over, very overrated, in my opinion. Pour over doesn't really make great coffee, I don't think. Uh, the golden ratio. This is the perfect ratio of, of water to beans, allegedly. Let me tell you something. If you use the golden ratio, I guarantee you'll have bitter coffee. Guarantee it. You want to knock 15% minimum off that, maybe as much as 20 on the on the coffee side, right? So you use 15% to 20% less of the coffee that they tell you to use. That's the real golden ratio. Because the thing is, as far as I can tell, now I don't know this for a fact, but as far as I've ever been able to tell, whether uh, uh, a... Uh, bean is dark roasted, light roasted, medium roasted, has nothing to do with whether it's bitter. The quality of the bean, um, unless it's a, I guess, probably a Robusto bean, but like your regular um, that you would get in a coffee shop and that any quality coffee uses, your Arabica, is uh, a fine bean. And I don't think any strains of it are particularly bitter. So I think the bitterness comes from, again, I don't know this for a fact, but it seems to me when you have a bitter cup of coffee, there are two factors. The first and the most important is you're probably using too much coffee. You need to use more water or less coffee, number one. And number two is a lot of what people probably think of as bitterness would be acidity. So these ads, the last one I saw, in fact, went to great lengths to talk about how um, their dark roasts, even though they're really dark roasts, they're not bitter. But in fact, a dark roast by nature, the darker it is, the less bitter it's going to be, or at least the less acidic it's going to be. Because I think a lot of what we're mistaking for bitterness is actually acidity. So the lighter the roast the higher the acidity as a rule. Now, different beans are going to have different qualities, but as a rule, a very dark roast is going to be very low acidity, which means it's going to be easier on your stomach. Again, this is with the Arabica bean. If you drink the Robusto, so if you're drinking like the Hills Brothers, the stuff in the can, uh, you know, Maxwell House, and that's the cheap Robusto beans, it's going to destroy your stomach. Uh, it's terrible coffee. But low acidity, and also, by the way, the dark roast is going to have low caffeine. Again, people assume, and I used to assume before I knew anything about it, that the darker the roast, the higher the caffeine. That's wrong. The lighter the roast, the higher the caffeine. And the lighter the roast, the higher the acidity. And the darker the roast, the more you're going to get this, this kind of earthy quality, almost like a dirt-like quality, which to me tastes more like coffee. Like the light and medium roasts always taste like stomach acid to me. I can't stand them. So most people seem to think a dark roast is going to be more bitter and that it is going to have more caffeine, and that's exactly wrong. And yet... The coffee companies, who know that's wrong, uh, 
play to that misunderstanding. Oh, oh, our dark roasts aren't bitter. Nobody's dark roasts are, are particularly bitter, though. So it, it's kind of, and people used to say, oh, Starbucks is terrible, because Starbucks did the, the dark roast thing. Uh, some people will say they stole it from Pete's. Whatever. I don't care who did it first. Uh, they're both good good coffees. Uh, I, I lean towards Pete's because it's easier to get fresh Pete's beans than, than Starbucks beans. But I think a lot of it came from people who just go in. They don't want the fancy lattes in this. They just want a cup of coffee. But that coffee's been sitting there for God knows how long. So it's going to be nasty and bitter. You know, if you just get it from the pot that's sitting up there. But there's nothing wrong with Starbucks beans. You're, you're wrong if you think so, even if you're uh, a coffee elitist. Uh, so when you, when you go in and get, you know, I'm an Americano guy. Americano is just, if you don't know, it's just shots of espresso, hot water poured on it. So it's basically coffee. But the reason I do that is because espresso is always made with a dark roast. They'll call it an espresso roast. There's no such thing as an espresso bean, right? It's just a coffee bean, but they'll create a roast that they, you know, people will create a roast they call an espresso roast um, because it's very dark and it's made for making espresso. So those are some coffee facts. Just thought I would uh, say a few words about that because it's always fun if you don't know anything about it to learn something new. And it's also fun for an awful lot of people, if I got anything wrong, to then post in the comments and tell me why I'm wrong. So everybody wins. Okay, point two. Jussie Smollett. I always want to call him Smollett because that's what Dave Chappelle did in his special. But he was found guilty of all but one count. We all know the story. I don't need to recap it. He faked a, a homophobic, racist attack on himself. Paid a couple of his buddies to to pretend to be Trump-loving, MAGA-hat-wearing, racist homophobes who attacked him at 2 in the morning in sub-zero weather in downtown Chicago. The Chicago police, to their credit, uh, treated it seriously, which is the way it should be. A crime is reported, you begin to investigate, Right? But we've developed into the society where a crime is reported. Oh, my God, a huge outrage happened. And the, the first time I remember this happening with a with a high profile public official was when Obama decided to wade into the situation where a cop had. I don't even remember the exact situation. I believe it was a Harvard professor and believe Obama knew him. But it was it was a black uh, professor who somebody in the neighborhood had called the cops about a potential break-in, but the guy was at his own house. And so the cops came. I don't think they arrested him. I don't remember exactly, but there was a confrontation there. And the guy was pissed, understandably. Um, but Obama uh, waded into that and referred to the cop as stupid. And, uh, and I, I thought that that set the tone. That, combined with the rise of Twitter, really created this perfect storm where that is now the norm. Like, something gets reported... And everybody lets you know what they think about it, even though nobody really knows. And everybody conveniently forgets that the media has an agenda. I'm not talking about a political agenda. I'm talking about a clickety-click-click agenda. They're trying to make money. They do well when you get outraged. 
The key is to look at what they're telling you, look at it critically. What are they telling me? And more importantly, what are they not telling me? And is there a bunch of information here missing? Because when something like this happens, there's an investigation. If you're launching into your opinions about it before the investigation's even gotten off the ground, you're guaranteed to not know what you're talking about. So now we have a bunch of people gleefully chortling at these tweets from three years ago from various politicians, including our president, Joseph Biden, uh, denouncing this horrible, racist, homophobic attack. And yeah, it's kind of funny, but I wonder how many of those people never do that kind of thing themselves, you know, with their own little pet issues. We've got to stop doing this. Our justice system is built on the idea uh, or on the concept of the accused being innocent until proven guilty. And, uh, and that's not just for the courts. We can't just say, oh, well, that's a legal matter. I can, I can form an opinion. Yes, you can. Nobody's going to stop you. But that doesn't mean it's a good idea. Try to get all the information before you form an opinion. Because otherwise you just end up in these camps fighting each other politically. I saw my, my friend Joe King from the Queers went through it a few years back. Uh, there was the, the guy in Ferguson, Missouri, um, the shooting of the guy down there, and it was this big deal, and, and Joe took the wrong side, so he was a racist. And he has to deal with that to this day. But, the, but really what Joe did wrong was he expressed an opinion about it before having all the information, which was the exact same thing that all the people on the other side did. Nobody knew what really happened. That's why we have investigations, and that's why we have trials. If you want to throw that system out, I don't, I, I don't know if we have any common ground, <laughs> me and you, you know? If we would just want to trash that and, and descend into vigilante justice... I don't think there's, there's much in the way of common ground. And that's what we've done on Twitter. It really is. We will destroy somebody long before any investigation is completed. Long before. And certainly long before any court date. We've decided, man, and we have ruined that person. It doesn't matter if they're exonerated three years later. And it doesn't matter, the flip side of that, if somebody makes a false accusation and, and they are found guilty three years. It doesn't matter. What matters is what you do at the time. So, you know, think before you speak. For the love of God. The uh, last thing I want to mention, or almost the last thing I want to mention, is that as of today, the major label debut EP by Screeching Weasel, originally released, I believe, in 1997, is now streaming everywhere. Uh... I had an FAQ on our website. Now, the website is down. I made the terrible mistake of changing hosting services, and that screwed everything up. I don't know how to fix it. I don't know anything about it. The last time this happened, somebody said, oh, well, uh, uh, find your backup copy of the website. I'm like, what? I didn't even know it was a thing that could be copied. I don't have a backup copy. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. I don't know where it is. I don't know where it lives. I don't, I don't know if it still exists. So I've got the thing uh, pointing to the Facebook page, and the point is the FAQ is no longer up there, although it didn't really matter because apparently nobody was reading it. And I get sick of answering this, but people ask me over and over. We did two anthologies, Kill the Musicians, 1994 or 5, 
and uh, thank you very little around 2000. Everybody was asked about thank you very when are you when are you reissuing thank you very little never never and there's a bunch of reasons why the most important reason though is that Spotify and presumably the other streaming services operate in such a way and I don't know why I just know that they do but they operate in such a way where your releases in total get more plays per release the more releases you have. I have no idea why, but that is indeed the way it works. So in reissuing this stuff, it makes more sense to take the stuff from the same sessions and or time periods and release them individually as EPs and, and sometimes LPs. So for instance, the, uh, the stuff from the original demo tape uh, from 1987 is now on a release called All Night Garage Sale. Uh, we've got a live show from Gilman in 1988. It's on a release called Live 88. All the stuff we recorded with Brian Vermin on drums in, uh, in 89 is on a release called Suburban Vermin and so forth. And you can find all these things on the Spotify page or, you know, on, on any of the artist pages on any of these streaming sites. It's not hard, but I know we live in a world, and I'm as guilty as anyone, of, you know, we don't, if it's not plopped right in front of us, we don't, we don't understand it. We don't get it. It's all confusing. I said in the newsletter, um, I saw right when I, right when I posted initially about the, uh, about major label debut, we put it up on a band camp first a week early. And, uh, and so the copy read literally on band camp now everywhere else in a week, right? So everywhere else on the, on the 10th. I mean, it's, it wasn't long. It was like one sentence. And immediately, like the first dude that posted, Spotify, that's it. Just the word, Spotify. I think there was an exclamation point. after. <laughs> it's like, motherfucker, you couldn't even get to the end of the sentence, could you? You couldn't even, you saw Bandcamp and you're like, ah, yeah, ah, Spotify! there's only so much one man can do. I can't hold your hand. And I mentioned the other guy. Did this really need to be remastered? No, no, fella. We just like pissing away money. Good times. Do we need to spend the money? No. Is it going to make a difference? No. We just like to spend the money. I don't know what it is with the inner... Well, it's the internet. I had a thought. The world needs to know. No, they don't. Think it through a little bit. And I mean, I do this podcast completely off the cuff. I almost never make notes. Once in a while, I will. But I just do it off the cuff. But I still... I, I, I try not to be a complete horse's ass. I probably fail sometimes, but I try. I try. I look, if I'm going to talk about something, I try to learn just a little bit about it. I may not be an expert, but I try to not come on here having no idea whatsoever what I'm talking about and doing it in a really loud voice. Because that would be embarrassing. I actually did this podcast already, and I don't know if this one's going to get uploaded, because I did it. I started listening to it. It was fine. I converted it 
to uh, to an MP3. So I listened to it in Apple Music. It was fine. <laughs> I uploaded it to Substack. This is December 10th. It's like, what the fuck? Check the files again. Totally fine. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to just, I'm going to, I'm not even going to convert it. I'm just going to leave it as whatever Apple music does an M4A uh, upload it again. Oh, come on. See, they got an option. You can record right there on the page. I said, okay, I'll re-record the thing. So I set it up and I'm, you know, I can hear myself fine. Everything's fine. I'm like, eh, I better check it. Go back. Sure enough. So I don't know what the hell is going on over at Substack, but if this doesn't get uploaded today and you listen to it and you go, ha ha, the big dummy said it was December 10th. It's not December 10th. It's like the 11th or the 12th or the 13th or wherever the, you know, whenever they get it fixed. Um, that's why. So I'm not as dumb as I sound. Uh, if you're new to the to the podcast, you'll know you won't know that I end it this way. But you people who've been around for a while do every time I end the podcast the same way as I'm about to do by telling you that I will be back with you again next week. Until then, I ask you to all please remember I love you all very much. So long. <laughs>